0: Welcome to Blitzcast an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLdraftblitz.com. And now your hosts
1: Alex Kavtov and Ed Hunt. Welcome back to another episode of Blitzcast. This is your host Brendan Bolin and I'm always joined by my Kentucky boy Angelo Carriero. How you doing today my man?
0: I'm doing awesome. Did a lot of Kentucky activities today. Like I went and cleaned out a yard and then I went to the, the foothills of the river to cut wood and stuff. So that's what I've been doing today. I've been, I've been a I've been a good, proud Kentuckian today. <laughs> hey, don't get more Kentucky
1: than that, but hey, I'm excited to get into it today, my friend. This is one of the most exciting redrafts I think we're gonna have. Just because one of my favorite players of all time is in this one, and one of the best players of my lifetime as well, so we have the 2007 NFL Dream Draft upon us, Angelo. And as of right now, uh, the score—I think I might have one up on you.
0: You are up two to one. I tried—I tried to say we tied in the last game that we did but the Tyreek Hill pick at number one it's funny we could do we we went through picks two through 44 yet the (laughs) number one pick was the tiebreaker so excellent job of picking Tyreek Hill at the top I had to give you the win there
1: hey I, I appreciate it brother but hey you're gonna have your opportunity to to tie it back up and then we'll have our hopefully our ultimatum tiebreaker the week after that so I'm super excited to get into it Angelo and I think with this with this
0: draft you have the first overall pick my friend I do, I do, and you said that there may be the ultimatum tiebreaker. Um, here's the thing. The one thing you have to know about me, Brendan, is sometimes I like to do things for me, even if it's not. This is I'll, I'll, As I make my first pick, I'll tell you this. In fantasy football, if I pick for fun because I like what I'm doing, I typically don't do well that fantasy season. Mm-hmm. But if I pick players that are boring, or I don't like them, or even even if I do like them, it's just not the guy I wanted. I usually do pretty well in fantasy football, <laughs> so that's part of the kind of the the problem I am having here. Uh, but ultimately, I could not deny myself as much as as much as I think uh, that there is a better, uh, not better, but there is a smarter number one overall pick. I am trying to beat you in this game. And for those that don't know, the 2007 quarterback class is abysmal. (laughs) It is one of the worst, if not the single worst quarterback class in NFL history. Yep. And that's not, Brendan, am I being uh, hyperbolic? I mean,
1: Angela, I I was panicking when I was going through this list contemplating on who I was
0: going to draft for quarterback. So you are not overstepping it. I'm not overstepping it. So there is a number one pick that I think 99% of the world would take. Uh, I am going a different way with the first overall pick in the 2007 NFL redraft. Brendan versus Angelo. I select Adrian Peterson.
1: Okay. okay. Running back. Okay.
0: And look, guys, I know what you're thinking. He already lost. This is this is this is a foolish pick. There is a, another elite running back in this class. How could you? This is you know what? I don't care. That's what I'll say to everybody that's listening to this because I and and I get it. I'm a millennial. I'm under thirty. Only for a couple more weeks. But it, oh, you're you're being short-sighted. Adrian Peterson is the greatest running back I I think in history, or at least the greatest running back I have ever seen. He is. What if you could build a running back in the lab? If you could, if you had to go one on 11 in the history of the NFL, what running back would you take? Adrian Peterson is probably the one you would take. He is the perfect combination of power, speed, and elusiveness. And it does help that I saw a TikTok last night of Adrian Peterson (laughs) highlights and it just convinced me to take him. But it's not like he's without merit. He's a seven time Pro Bowler, four time first team all pro which includes two second team or excuse me three second team all pros my apologies he is a so he has had let's see uh, I see one two three that's four first teams and three second <laughs> teams in a span of nine years that that is incredible uh, he was the he was the the biggest thing to my resume at least with this pick is he's the only MVP In this group. He was the 2012 AP MVP. Some people thought Peyton Manning should have been it, but Adrian Peterson was absolutely worthy. He's one of, I think, eight men to ever have a 2,000-yard season. He came a couple yards in breaking Eric Dickerson's record for most rushing yards in a season. He also holds the most rushing yards in a game ever in his rookie year against the Bears he had 296 yards. He was the AP offensive rookie of the year, the offensive player of the year in 2012, 2010's Hall of Fame team, comeback player of the year. Look, the guy has uh, 15,000 yards, 149, but I'm going <laughs> to say 15,000 yards, 120 rushing touchdowns. He has uh, he has excuse me, only only six receiving touchdowns, but he has 2500 receiving yards. Uh, overall 17,000 yards from scrimmage. I I absolutely love Adrian Peterson, and in a game where I have to beat you with how bad these quarterbacks are, I feel like that I can build my offense like it's 1985 (laughs) and have Adrian Peterson spearhead my running back. I know there's another guy you're probably going to take right after this that a lot of people take first, but I love Adrian Peterson. This is what I wanted to do, so I did it. You know what, man? I respect
1: the pick. I I absolutely 110% not the direction I thought you were going in,
0: but... I like the You respect p- the pick because I did what I wanted, <laughs> maybe not who for who like for for the strategy.
1: Yeah, yeah, but no. I mean, this is now your second player that's part of that 2000 rushers club and Adrian Peterson was I mean, wh- he was Oh, did you find out I like running backs? Yeah, a little bit. I think I did a little bit. But you no, know, Adrian Peterson's hands down one of my favorite players of all time to watch growing up and That that game is rookie year to run for 296 yards in a single contest is filthy, unbelievable. And I'll always remember that one play, it was only just like a, a 25 yard gain, but it was a little dunk pass against the like right up the line of scrimmage against the Packers. And he claims a man's life absolutely claims a man's life. But Adrian Peterson the best running back of my lifetime, and hands down the best. You can make an argument to be the best player on the board, but I think that there's one player that's a little bit better, and that's who I'm...
0: And and you know what's funny is the guy that you're about to select, they are two of my ten favorite players ever. Like, like, go ahead and do it, but the next guy, he is literally one of my, like I said, one of my ten favorite football players ever. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, if you love and appreciate football, this guy's on, I would say, probably about... 90% 90% of people's favorite player of all time list and that's Megatron, Calvin freaking Johnson. In my lifetime, I have never seen a more dominant pass catcher. I mean, a- and Angelo, in your lifetime have you? You've you've been here a little longer than me. You know what's
0: funny is that I I grew up just I started watching football right outside of the Randy Moss Minnesota Peak, but I did get to see the New England Randy Moss. I mean, when you're talking about dominance, it's really, it's really Randy, Calvin, maybe somebody would say Antonio or Julio, uh, and. And honestly, really, really flies under the radar in terms of dominance because a lot of people think he's just, just like great career statistics, but Terrell Owens was really dominant too. Dog, but let's, let's go back to this dog. This guy, Angel, he was
1: like 30 yards away from having a 2000 yard receiving season in 2012. There's this span from 2008 to 2015 where he had at least 980 yards. 1,300 yards, 984, 1,100 yards, 1,600 yards, 1,900 yards, 1,400 yards, 1,000 yards, and finished his career with a season of 88 catches and 1,214 yards. Dude retired the best wide receiver in football. If it weren't for injuries and concussions and playing through those concussions and, you know, playing on the Lions... I think this guy probably plays another five years and truly puts himself in the argument for one of the the best to ever. Do I don't know if he would F grace Jerry Rice, but I think he'd be in that conversation of the Jerry Rices, the Randy Mosses, and Calvin Johnsons. And I, this is the player I thought you were going with number one, so I'm I'm happy to take him number I- two.
0: That's the player I thought I was going with number one too, until I saw that TikTok, and then I was <laughs> like, like, you no, know what? It's a, it's a sign. I, I just I got it. It's hard over, and I love Calvin Johnson. Look, I have him as my third wide receiver of all time in my personal record book. I have Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson mm-hmm. in that order as my top three, and then Owens is probably fourth. And that's what, and then after that you can argue, but I do think of that. And as much as I got an MVP, the only MVP in this class, you have the only Hall of Famer so far mm. in this class. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, there will be many players, many, 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 many players from this list that will make the Hall of Fame. But Calvin Johnson is the first official Hall of Famer. So I I, I should have gone Calvin Johnson number one. Uh, my, my advisors told me to. <laughs> But uh, the heart wants what the heart wants, Brendan, and it's not always healthy. And uh, for this exercise, it wasn't healthy. But bo- but boy, <laughs> am I happy! So that's that's what it's all about, hey man. Yeah, as long and as I think, think I know where you're going with your next. Pick. Oh yeah,
1: I I I hope you do. I I'm not see normally this is where I would convince myself to go with my heart like you might have done. But I'm see I'm I'm a bad person, man. I'm trying to I'm trying to get you while you're just trying to make yourself happy. I'm trying to back. you Oh, into so a you hole. okay? I know what you're doing then. <laughs> but. This is the only player on this list that I this player I've seen shut down the player I just drafted. He is one player that truly has given this man some work and it's funny that you say you just saw the TikTok and Adrian Peterson. A couple days ago I saw TikTok of Darrell Revis versus Calvin Johnson and Revis Island was was playing big that day. One of the best cornerbacks ever. I mean He was Rivas Island for for a reason, Super Bowl champion, four-time first-team All-Pro, seven-time Pro Pro Bowler, made the All-Rookies team, 2010's All-Decade team, 139 career pass deflections and 29 interceptions. And let me tell you guys something, that 29 interceptions would be probably 60-plus if people threw, threw the ball at him after he proved his dominance. Once Darrell Revis really solidified himself, his stats went down. You want to know why? People didn't look at him. They're like, well, um, he's covered by Revis Island. We're going to just go look at our number two receiver. There was, I mean, I really don't think there's anybody that's been as terrifying to an opposing quarterback with the exception of like an Ed Reed. But coming from a cornerback position, Darrell Revis in his prime was the scariest cornerback to ever throw at or at least in this generation. And if you're giving Calvin Johnson work, you're a dog. And I'm, I am i think Darrell Revis is far and away the best cornerback left on this list. There's still some good defensive backs, but Darrell Revis is hands down one of the best cornerbacks I've ever experienced in my
0: life. A lot of people would probably have him second behind Deion Sanders mm-hmm. in the terms of, if not career, at least prime. Darrell Rivas, it speaks for himself. He speaks for himself. That 2009 year, second in defensive player of the year, he was a four-time first-team All-Pro, Hall of Fame's team 2010s. I mean, he's it speaks for himself. Darrell Revis for our entire lifetime, will ring as one of the best corners ever. And the reason why I was such a good pick, he, he was born on the – he has the same birthday as me, different year, but July uh, July 14th, Darrell Revis. <laughs> so. That's my guy. Hey, Um, I share my birthday with Antonio
1: Brown, so.
0: (laughs) Different sides of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. So I I think that's a great pick, uh, but I think I'm about to make an even better one because I told you that with this, I think that I can build an offense that will throw back to the days of uh, three yards and a cloud of dust. And to do that, I will take arguably the greatest offensive tackle in the history of the NFL, that had to waste his you precious career on such a do dirty it. downtrodden terrible disgusting colored team oh. <laughs> you're not and that's joe thomas oh my that right in the heart right in the heart is the is the pick here from 2008 to 2015 he made second or first team All-Pro. In fact, during that stretch, he made six first team All-Pros. He was, listen to this, he was second in Offensive Rookie of the Year <laughs> as an offensive tackle. My boy Joe. Let that sink in. Now, uh, Adrian Peterson got 46.5 votes. Joe Thomas got 3.5 for Offensive Rookie of the Year, and that was it. That's how good mm. Joe Thomas was. As a rookie. He made the Pro Bowls every year except his last year when he only played seven games. He is he literally he as much as I love Tyron Smith, I think Joe Thomas is the best overall, and I think he's up there with Anthony Munoz in the conversation for greatest offensive tackles of all time. So you got a top three receiver of all time, a top three corner. This is how great this draft is, <laughs> by the unreal. way. This is how amazing this draft is. I took a top five running back of all time, who I think is the best, Joe Thomas, the top top three offensive tackle of all time. You got a top three corner and a top three wide receiver. <laughs> we are absolutely. I mean, it is just flush with this. Oh, he made the twenty ten Hall of Fame team, by the way. If you didn't, if you didn't already guess, this. I, I'm telling you, your team is going to be fantastic. But I have built a foundation for this offense that could potentially just overtake a football game.
1: You know, Angelo, I I'm I'm heartbroken with the pick, but I'm happy because you gave my boy his respect. My favorite one of my favorite stats in the history of football, pulling this off the top of my head, he played ten thousand three hundred and sixty three consecutive snaps in the NFL. Ten thousand three hundred and sixty three. He didn't miss a snap for that many consecutive plays. The only reason he that streak ended was that last year of his career, where he hurt his elbow. And dude, I will admit, I was in tears to see my boy Iron Man Joe Thomas go down for the first time in his career. There is a reason his nickname was Iron Man Joe. That man was offered so many opportunities to co-play elsewhere, but his, you know, it just he's a homer. I mean, truly, truly aside from Demaryius Thomas, Joe Thomas is my favorite player in the history of the National Football League. Oh gosh, Angela, I'm heartbroken because I I knew you were going to do that to me after I took these two guys, but I respect the pick. I think it's the best pick, and he was, I mean, to be as dominant as you are on the Cleveland Browns, knowing that you're pretty much the only bright spot on, I mean, that offensive line got pretty good for a minute, but with Alex Mack and stuff, but after he left, it was just Joe Thomas again, and he still was able to hold hold his own. It's truly heartbreaking that his career ended because of an injury, and he didn't get to play it out like how we wanted him to. To be that Iron Man, that staple at the left tackle for ten years for us, right? Cleveland fans appreciate the heck out of him. Sorry, I'm rambling about my boy Joe, but You're,
0: maybe, it's uh, okay, yeah, it's okay. But yeah, we get it. You love Joe Thomas, okay? <laughs> but he's mine. So back. Alrighty off.
1: then. Well, I can't let you push me in too big of a hole. Why don't I go ahead and get another Joe? I guess I'll, I'll. You know what? Let's let's just get all the Joes on the on the offensive line. Give me Joe Staley. I don't. I didn't want to go this early because I was expecting to get my boy Joe Thomas, and I was going to be happy to settle. But you know, I am not going to let you get that crazy offensive line like how you normally like to do with your. Ooh, I was
0: going line. to. I, I was. I, I was about to absolutely <laughs> eviscerate you. Oh, I
1: know you were. So I'm. I'm happy with Joe Staley. I mean. He's no—he's not Joe Thomas, but Joe Staley is one of those people that's also just in that elite tier of tackles for a super long time. Three-time second-team All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler, and did—and five of those were five years straight from 2011 to 2015—and made the All-Rookie team in 2007. Not the same level of Joe Thomas as dominance and consistently staying healthy, but was just one of those guys that for the 49ers was a dog he played his entire career for the 49ers retired in 2019 and was consistently considered you know in that same realm as the joe thomas is the tyron smiths i wouldn't have ever really put him as the number one but he's absolutely in that tier and he's far and away the second best tackle left in this draft
0: he is and the funny thing about joe staley is that he was a guy that I remember—he was the first offensive tackle that I truly remember that had that he was a former tight end mm-hmm. type of backstory, that he was a tight end. They moved him to left tackle. He put on weight, and I think that's one of the reasons why—now, he was never viewed as an elite prospect, but he was viewed as as pretty good. I mean, he went the end of the first round, but I think that was still back in an era where maybe that conversion worried some teams— And that's why he ended up dropping. But the guy was a three-time second-team All-Pro in his prime with, like, Kaepernick and and Gore and Crabtree and Smith and also with Patrick Willis. Mm. And that is who I'm taking Oh, great pick, great pick. Dude, Patrick, here's the thing. I'm going to get on a soapbox, and then I'll do this. Him not being in the Hall of Fame is a crime. It's discrimination somehow. It is the biggest farce that there is in professional football. Okay, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a, a, a couple of moments to sink this in. As, as he has gone through three times the NFL uh, Hall, the Hall of Fame ring, and I think that he was a semifinalist only twice. In this last year, mm-hmm. he was a a finalist, but didn't get in. I want to read you something. There's a player that was a five-time five first-team All-Pro, okay? Two-time second-team All-Pro, won a Defensive Player of the Year. He got all that accolades. There's a guy that's a five-time first-team All-Pro, finished in in the top six in MVP four times. It's pretty good. And there's another guy that was a five-time first-team All-Pro, one-second-team All-Pro Defensive Rookie of the Year. How close do you think those resumes are? pretty darn close pretty darn close that was luke keekly dick butkus and patrick willis dick butkus is considered the second greatest linebacker or greatest depending on your era with ray lewis and i am actually afraid that luke keekly is going to get in before patrick willis and to me that's a damn shame Mm -hmm. patrick willis was first team all pro as a rookie Coming into the NFL, where he led the league in tackles. He was a pro bowler, second-team All-Pro. His Think about this was his start to his career, okay? Let me break it down for you. This is literally his rookie year. First-team All-Pro defensive rookie of the year. Seventh in defensive player of the year. Second year, he was second-team All-Pro. Third year, first-team All-Pro. Fourth year, first-team All-Pro. Fifth year, fifth in defensive player of the year, first-team All-Pro. Sixth year, first-team All-Pro. That was Patrick Willis from age 22 to 27 in the NFL. He made the Pro Bowl the next year, only played 14. Injuries riddled him like Joe Thomas in his final year, and then he retired. Okay? Patrick Willis was the elite. Like, like literally, people don't talk about it because he it, it's not the Legion of Boom or this. He took Ray Lewis's spot as the best linebacker in the league. Mm-hmm. Ray Lewis hung on to it for as long as he could, but Patrick Willis took it, and he never looked back. Patrick Willis is the greatest linebacker of my generation. Generation before that was Lewis, Erlacher, those guys. It was Willis, and then the and the generation with me or right after me would say Keekly. Okay, whatever. I'm taking Patrick Willis. I do think that he is one of the 10 greatest linebackers of all time. Uh, I, Angela,
1: I couldn't agree more. I mean, it, it's so funny. You and I are always stealing each other's picks, dude. Always. I, I was trying to get myself with Patrick Willis to stop your AP because – I agree with you. In my opinion, uh, Patrick Willis is a top three inside linebacker ever. I mean, it, you're talking about primes, and it, Patrick Willis was just different. I, yeah, I would agree that Luke Keekley's in that realm, and I know a lot of people like to put Keekley over Patrick Willis.
0: Oh, everybody does.
1: I, I can't. I can't personally. I think Patrick Willis in was just, like you said, seven-time Pro Bowler, led the NFL in tackles two times. Like, maybe, yeah, he doesn't have that, like, like, Luke Keekley, one of the smartest players to ever grace the football field, but Patrick Willis is one of the most dominant players to ever grace the football field. And you, hands down, got yourself the best linebacker of this, in and in actually a pretty dang solid linebacker class, far and away the best linebacker.
0: Yep, I wanted an elite talent and I got one of the best. I, I'm I am just I'm as big of a Patrick Willis fan as there is, and why he's not in the Hall of Fame is something that, that Bill Belichick's gonna have to explain <laughs> to me.
1: <laughs> I know you're gonna have to have that BB breakdown. You're up. All right, so go back off of you, man. I'm I ha- you're getting that sick defense. I have I wanna build my offense again. Give me give me Marshall Yonda. I'm I'm gonna take Marshall Yonda mm,
0: that's that C. Yep. That's it
1: i uh and i I saw your text Angelo, he got drafted as tackle, but this boy's a guard, so but no, I mean one of the best guards of my lifetime, I know that tackles normally are the ones that we love to give the credit to, but Marshall Yonda was kind of one of the most recognizable names across the league I mean i if you're a casual fan or not, I feel like you knew the name Marshall Yonda just because he was dominant for so long I mean eight time pro bowler 2010's all decade team made the all rookie team five team or five times excuse me second team all pro two time first team all pro and a super bowl champion started 166 nfl games out of 177 marshall yonda is far and away one of the best guards i've ever watched in my lifetime honestly of the last generation you know now we have like quentin nelson and them i think marshall yonda was probably the best guard of like that era
0: uh, I would say that, yeah, I, I would probably agree If I, uh, in the sense that I think he's actually a, a likely candidate to make the Hall of Fame someday. He was definitely the guard, especially towards the end of his career, that everybody seemed to talk about. I would have to look through the entire list, but that's not that's not a far-fetched thing to say. He was on the 2010's Hall of Fame team. Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm, I'm happy. I got Joe Staley and Marshall Yanda, two of the best of the last decade. I'm happy with it.
0: All right, well, I am going to get the last elite offensive line prospect on the board, mm-hmm. and that is Ryan Khalil. Great pick. The reason why I'm taking Ryan Khalil is because I did I did I I thought you were going to take Willis and I was going to take Yonda and just kind of see how it went, but where you gave me Willis, I obviously have to pay the price by losing Yonda, but I won't let that happen with Ryan Khalil. He will be my point man uh, at center. He is a five-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro in 2013 and 2015. He was second-team All-Pro in 2011, so <clears throat> he was a Pro Bowler before Cam got there, and then with Cam success his recognition followed he did struggle with injuries at points in his career especially towards the end but when we're talking about the prime of his career i wanted to make sure i got an elite offensive lineman to help adrian peterson's life be easier and i think that i did that here while also getting probably i would say this i now think that all of the elite players are off the board uh no offense i did not have joe staley as one of my elite pros, uh, elite players on the board i get why you did it strategy wise but uh, i had and see if you agree with me i had peterson thomas willis johnson yonda revis as the elite players in this class yeah. Maybe you have someone there. Else. There we'll might see. be
1: one player I can make an
0: argument for. Oh, is it someone that you can wait on? Ye- yes, it is. It is. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes sense. So we'll go forward, but now we are in to, now it's going to be strategy and team building from here on out for me. So you bet you really better start to tighten up. Yep. All right. So, all
1: right, we're, yeah, we're getting to this. There's still some dogs left, but there's nobody of that level. And you know, I think there's actually two guys left on the board that are very, very recognizable names that had had phenomenal careers that ended very recently. I'm gonna buff up my secondary a little more. I'm gonna take Eric Weddle. This is
0: yep. That's I. I was going between two spots, and that was one yep. of them.
1: I. So watching the Broncos growing up, I hated Eric Weddle. Loved the beard, but I hated this man because he was always just just always knew where to be and then of course he went over to baltimore and i had to watch him again twice a year for my brownies so this guy just always knew how to stay relevant in my life but make me hate him so bad but he's a super bowl champion i mean i don't know if you guys recall this actually this last super bowl he came out of retirement uh, he retired in like 2019. Came out of retirement to play for the Rams. Started for the Rams. Made a play in the Super Bowl. Got his Super Bowl trophy. But he actually destroyed his peck in that Super Bowl. Comes out of retirement for just the playoffs and destroys himself. But I respect it. So happy that he was able to finally get his ring. So uh, his career highlights and awards. He's a Super Bowl champion. Two-time first-team All-Pro. Three-time second-team All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler, and led the NFL in interceptions in 2011, as well as being that 2010s All-Decade Team. There was,
0: let me say this. The... Let me say this real quick. I, I actually, I, I had Eric Weddle in my top ten, but I did not realize how thick the prime of his career mm-hmm. it went from 2010 to 2014 it went second team all pro first team second team second team first team
1: i i think that's kind of just one of those things of like being in denver being able to see this guy constantly and see how dominant he was you know because eric weddell is like was a player that always got his credit but i don't think people really realized how good he was i mean he finished his career with almost 1200 tackles almost 100 pass deflections and 30 interceptions he was a dog. Like there was a, absolutely a point in time where he was a, you know, probably the second best free safety in football.
0: And yeah, yeah, he was. He was real. I mean, I agree. I th- I think that you got a real steal there. 2010's Hall of Fame team as well. Yep. I'm so I'm very
1: Darrell Revis and Eric Weddle. That's a, that's a good looking secondary to me.
0: Great. <laughs> Great. That was definitely someone that I could have used. <laughs> so. <laughs> You're so funny. Thank um, you. I'm going. And now let me look over my list real quick because I'm gonna have to do something. I'm not like totally pumped to do, but I'm gonna have to do it. I'm gonna take Leon Hall. Mm. I have to take Leon Hall here because he is the only other cornerback one that is available. He started 112 out of 152 games in his career. And a lot of those, he was a starter for uh, his entire four year career in Cincinnati. And then he got the extension nine, 14, five, 15. He just kind of couldn't, he couldn't keep from the injuries, but his 2009 year, the the year that, that drill Revis had his God year, uh, Durrell or, or excuse me Leon Hall uh had a 15 uh, adjusted value by uh, by Pro Football uh, Reference he was a second team all pro that year and he had six interceptions with 24 pass deflections his 24 pass deflections led the league in 2008 so early in his career Leon Hall had that that top corner type of of resume it's just injuries hurt him so with with having to go up against calvin johnson i couldn't leave it to some of these other guys left on the board i had to get a real number one corner and i think that leon hall as good as calvin johnson is i think leon hall can at least compete against calvin johnson not saying he can stop him but he can
1: compete no absolutely i that's I was really hoping I was going to be able to snag Leon Hall because he was honestly really underrated for some time. Like he was absolutely like he's capable of being a corner one. And I, you know, being a bangle, I was able to watch a lot of him. I liked him a lot. So, you know, I didn't like him as a football player. I did, but that's a great pick. And I would have absolutely picked him if you didn't and put you into very, very, very nice hole. But this is a pick that I don't know if you're going to fully agree with me, but I really, really want a good middle linebacker that knows how to come up and stop somebody in the A, B or gap. You know, I need somebody to come down and lay the boom. I didn't want to make this pick this early, but knowing you, I feel like you were going to just... Like, I, I don't know what type of defense you're trying to build yet, so I'm going to grab him before you can. Don't want to make it quite yet, but I'm going to get Paul Puzlesny. I think, Ooh. yeah, I think honest, one of the more underrated linebackers... Of our career and it was you know of our, of our career excuse me of our lifetime but it's really because he played for the Jags but cons- and he played for the drafted by the Bills played with them till 2010 I believe and then finished out his career with the Jags with seven years but only made the Pro Bowl in 2013 but was consistently I mean always top three when it came to tackling and he's he's one of the best Jaguars in history I mean they Anytime you, if you guys follow Jaguars on Instagram, they're always giving Paul Puzlesny, uh, you know, love and stuff like that. But finished his career with over 1,200 tackles, 16 sacks, 15 interceptions, and 51 pass deflections. Wasn't necessarily like, dominant or the best at his position, but was always a guy that you would 110% take on your football team. And I mean, if I have to stop Adrian Peterson, I need one of the best tackling linebackers of my lifetime. And Paul Puzlesny is one of them. So it's a little bit of a reach for me, but I'm happy starting him at middle linebacker.
0: Paul Posluszny was very heralded coming out of Penn State. He he was just your 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 typical throwback '90s linebacker that everybody still loved. Now he did drop to the top of the second round, and this era was really where you started to see guys like Paul Posluszny, James Laurinaitis, Ray Malaluga, like these great all-time middle linebackers in college, slip to that second round because that that is one position where the league started changing. Whereas Patrick Willis, with his speed and his length and his power it was all it was all just highlighted but Paul Plozny was a great linebacker I I do think it's a slight reach Mm -hmm. especially for how thick the linebacker class is but you didn't but but you're competing against Adrian Peterson and this guy is the same size and hits just as hard so I can't I can't fault you for that pick. yeah no I, I agree a little bit of a reach but it this is the part of the it comes just
1: down to strategy and you can't always take the best player available
0: that's true. That's very wise words. Very, very wise words. <laughs> well, thanks, Angela. Okay, now there's a couple of different directions that I'm about to about to go here, and I just want to solidify which one would be best for me. And I do think that I okay. I I, I will do this. It's a risk, okay. But there's one guy. Because if I want to stop Calvin Johnson, and to me, if I stop Calvin, I win the game. Mm -hmm. If I have to stop Calvin Johnson, I'm going to essentially need to bracket him. Because as good as Leon Hall, he's going to need some help. This guy had two years. And that was it. Now, he did start 106 games in his career, played in 127. But we're talking about a two-year peak of elite play. And that's Deshaun Goldson. Ooh, okay. Deshaun Goldson in 2012 was a first-team All-Pro free safety and a Pro Bowler. And the year before when he made the Pro Bowl, he had six interceptions in 14 games as a free safety. So for me, I'm getting a guy that has a career... Uh, he has a career resume of being a ball hawk now in 2009 his first year being a full starter four interceptions dropped to one the year after then it was six three one zero one so it really was feast or famine but from age 25 to about 28 he was one of the the best ball hawking safeties in football and I'm going to need that if I have to stop calvin johnson so i'm going to sean goldson here i really like that pick actually i always thought deshaun goldson was really underrated
1: and not only was he a ball hawk he was like that dude could lay the boom if he had to like i remember like there was a span where like the 49ers had him and dante Whitner. i called him dante Hitner. no
0: no 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 they didn't have dante Whitner during that time they had dante Hitner. yeah that's
1: that's what i was just saying because he Hittner legally changed have... his
0: name to Hitner, was and it was embarrassing <laughs>
1: but yeah no that those were like some underrated dogs back in the day and D- Deshaun Goldson was ah see I was really hoping you were gonna snag Reggie so I could get him or something or Michael but all right all right I I really like that pick see this is like this is where the strategy comes out you guys like that's absolutely not like best player available but it makes sense for that pick so I'm
0: whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. a first team all pro in his career wasn't best player available hmm
1: well, I mean, I yeah, I guess. I mean, we, how many first team have, All Pro guys are have left? We have a different board. There's a player that I have on mine that is significantly better than the career that he had. But you, you safety? No, no. I'm just like I. I'm just saying overall. All
0: right. Well, let's see. Okay, okay. Big talker, go ahead and pick him. Well, let's see, not, let's see need, where the big I don't bucks need to lie. Pick right now,
1: I realize that you don't need this player, but I yeah. For you, that's that's probably best player available. But for me, I I hate doing it because I've already picked a Raven. Give me Lawrence Timmons. Give me Lawrence Timmons. Got to beef up that linebacking core. And for a guy that, you know, finished his career with 1,067 tackles, 35 and a half sacks, 13 forced fumbles, 12 interceptions, he's a Super Bowl champion, second-team All-Pro, and a Pro Bowler in 2014. Uh, this, like we were saying, this is a good linebacker class. Like Paul Puzlesny, Lawrence Timmons, another stealer that we haven't mentioned, Patrick Willis, and David, like David Harris. There's, like... There's some dogs, even though Patrick Willis was
0: far. Oh, wow, revealing your board, you're saying some players oh, out mean, there that haven't been picked yet. I'm not too mm-hmm. worried about it. Now, this is interesting because uh, Lawrence Timmons was an, a right inside linebacker his entire career, and you already picked a middle linebacker, so are you your holding yourself into a 3-4, sir? I mean, I'm wondering, uh, I know you like to manipulate positions, but, you know, what are we doing? <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm good. I'm, I know what I'm doing. I'm comfy. I'm comfy.
0: Okay. All right, if you're comfy. Oh, I know who the other stealer is you're talking about now then. Okay. I can see right through you, <laughs> sir. Um I am looking at the board and I think that I will go and take this player because I want someone that can line up on the line of scrimmage and provide some blocking while also being a receiving threat as we all as we've said this, uh, this uh, quarterback room is going to struggle, so I'm going to get a quarterback's best friend in tight end, Greg Olson, mm. who is a two time second team All Pro. In Carolina, and a three-time Pro Bowler, he had three straight 1,000-yard years. He had two 800-yard years before then. Uh, started his career in Chicago, of course. Uh, you know, he had eight touchdowns in 09, but it never really popped off. He goes to Carolina, plays with Cam Newton, is awesome. Kind of, you know, kind of fizzles out his career from there. But Greg Olson was easily the best tight end available, and I wanted to get someone that can also help in line with Adrian Peterson. I think Greg Olson was the best of both worlds. Gives me a dynamic receiving threat. Nowhere near as good as Calvin Johnson. No one ever said that, but a dynamic receiving threat in a guy that can help Adrian Peterson maximize his value. No, that's, that's a fantastic pick. And, I was really hoping to land Greg Olson on my team because I, I loved
1: watching Greg Olson grow up and really came into his own when he went over to Carolina and had like three seasons, like those 1,000 yard seasons you were talking about of straight dominance. But the the three years before that, he was like in the 700 and 800 yards. Like there was a six year span where Greg Olson was in the conversation for one of the best in the league, like not dominant, but you know, in that like three and four range. So I'm, I, that's a fantastic pick and you, the guy can also block for you and, You made a great point with that quarterback situation, but all right. Well, if I'm, I'm going to make, I'm going to make your life hard, man. I'm going to go with the other Steeler linebacker in Lamar Woodley. I'm, (laughs) I, I gotta. Does that make my life hard? It might. I don't know. Does it?
0: Uh, I I mean I he was my best he was my best edge player available I don't know if it makes my life hard though. <laughs> well, that's I, I care about you so
1: I don't want to make your life hard. I want to make the draft hard, but no. Um, all right, but no. Drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, played played with them for six years. Left in two thousand and thirteen, and played with the Raiders and the Cardinals to finish out his career. Won a Super Bowl with the Steelers. Was a second team All Pro in two thousand and nine, as well as making that Pro Bowl. And he was also part of that All Rookie Team in two thousand and seven. 319 tackles, not nearly as uh, as much of a tackle machine as Lawrence Timmons, but that's because you know he's he's playing on the line as like an outside linebacker a lot, or that kind of that edge rusher type. But finished his career with 58 sacks, nine forced fumbles, as well as nine fumble recoveries, five interceptions, and three defensive touchdowns. Getting a handful of players that I really don't like gro- didn't like much growing up, but you know if I'm trying to beat you, I got to do what I got to do, Angelo.
0: You do have to do what you got to do. It is interesting that his career statistics. He started. Think about think about this. He started a hundred or ninety three games, played in hundred and ten, only had fifty eight sacks for an edge player. Now he did have a three year stretch where he was a really good mm-hmm. pass rusher: 11 and a half, 13 and a half, 10 – from 08 to 10, but Lamar Woodley, I think, was really hyped up when we were younger because he was a Michigan guy mm-hmm. back when Michigan was still a thing. And it, I know it's back to being a thing, but you know, it's <laughs> Michigan, the most overrated college program in the country, unless you want to clue Tennessee too. But uh, ooh, ooh, uh, oh. a <laughs> little bit of heat from me, but that's that's where I'm at with it. But uh, no, I, Lamar Woodley was my top edge. I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that. All righty, all right, I'll take it. Uh,
1: compliment from Angelo makes me a happy man.
0: Oh, well, I'm I'm glad I can do that for you. But I'm also glad that I can do this to you. Uh, It's going to make me happy. I'm going to take Jermon Bushrod, and I'm not going to tell you where I'm putting him yet. Okay. Because he was a left tackle in New Orleans and Chicago, right but he also played guard towards the end of his career in Miami. He actually played right guard for Miami. It was pretty good. He was a two-time Pro Bowler in New Orleans. He started 128 of the 145 games he played in. Uh, like I said, two-time Pro Bowler, one-time Super Bowl champ. He 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 was a mainstay on that uh, – on that early, uh, early and mid Drew Brees line, when uh, the, you know the time where New Orleans actually won, and then the times where Drew Brees just threw for a bunch of yards, he was there. Mm-hmm. So, oh, so I, I like Bushrod here, and I have the versatility, so now I can make you sweat. Yep, I and you're you're being a
1: being a real sweetheart by not telling me where you're going to plug him in at. That's fine by me. That's fine by me,
0: Angelo. All right, play a risky game, son. <laughs> you're up next. All right, all right, let me. You know what? For for a guy that picked Adrian Peterson first when there was another great running back, I'm actually feeling pretty comfortable. Yeah, I, at this point in the no, draft. you you've killed it. I'll give you your I'll give you your credit. But all right, I don't know if I've killed it. I think that's a little sweet.
1: But, uh, <laughs> you know, I I'm trying. I'm trying. All right. You know what? I'm happy with this pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to round out my defense a little earlier than normal. Hey, I just found out uh, another birthday uh, birthday twin. So I got eight uh, Antonio Brown and as well as my next pick. Charles Johnson from Carolina Mm -hmm. born July 10th 1986 only uh, a few years older than me but no uh, Charles Johnson was somebody that was kind of like relevant for a really long time like I remember watching him on that uh that Super Bowl 50 game against the Denver Broncos and just knowing like I'm like dude this guy's been around for a minute but he's never been like that top dog, you know what I mean? But he finished his career with 67 and a half sacks, like more than Lamar Woodley. 321 career tackles, 19 forced fumbles. Charles Johnson was a very, very important person for the Panthers for a while. He he had a, a few years where he had like 11 and a half sacks, 12 and a half, 11. But other than that, it was really like just kind of mediocre. They liked to set him on the edge, be that edge setter. He's not necessarily the best pass rusher in the world, but they liked him to set that edge, so... Uh, if If I could have Charles Johnson, a guy that started on a Super Bowl team, was in the league for 10 years, 67 and a half sacks, and Lamar Woodley on my edges, you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it.
0: I was gonna say Charles Johnson. I mean, he, in a five-year stretch, he had eleven and a half, nine, twelve and a half, eleven and eight and a half. Yeah. I mean, that's better than Lamar Woodley. I mean, you are trying to say he's like not in a pass rusher. You are kind of selling him a little short. I think he's more than anything. He's really forgotten about for being as good as he was. You just uh, I don't like the Charles Johnson disrespect. Okay, uh, it's it's made it easy because I I promised that I was going to build this offense and this offensive line to the place I want it to be, I'm going to take Ben Grubbs. Mm. Ben Grubbs, a guy that you're familiar with being a former Raven uh, ben Grubbs is a two-time pro bowler. He made a pro bowl in 2011 with Baltimore and in 2013 with New Orleans. He started 125 of the 129 games he was available or that he played in, and it was his rookie year where he didn't start four of them. So pretty much it was clear that he should be a starter and started the rest of his career. He was the 29th pick of this draft, where Staley was the twenty eighth. He, w- I remember coming out of Auburn. He really was. I mean, he's just a hoss, 6'3", 311 pounds. I'm very happy with this selection. I loved Ben Grubbs coming out of college, and I think that Ben Grubbs is perfect fit for this line. So now I have Joe Thomas at tackle, Ben Grubbs at guard, Ryan Khalil at center, and my swing piece in Bushrod, where you do not know, yep, and that's
1: why <laughs> where I am going with him. See, that's why, I- dude. You have me pinned right now on the offensive line.
0: Well, I want to. I, I mean, I didn't pick Adrian Peterson <laughs> yeah, first just nothing, to let him yeah. do it by himself.
1: <laughs> I think I'm going to round out my my safeties as well. I don't – it's just because I – and I, I want to finish my line, but Angela, I, I'll be completely honest and transparent. I don't know direction I want to go, so I'm going to sit on that bad boy for a minute.
0: Well, how about this? Why don't I go ahead and, and, and catch everybody up on our team? Okay, sounds good. For, for Team Angelo, offensively, I've got Adrian Peterson at running back, Greg Olson at tight end, Joe Thomas at offensive tackle, Ben Grubbs at guard, Ryan Khalil at center, and Jermon Bushrod with a TBD on whether I place him at offensive tackle or guard. And then on defense, I have Patrick Willis at linebacker, Leon Hall at cornerback, and Deshaun Goldson at safety. Team Brendan offensively has Megatron, Calvin Johnson at wide receiver, Joe Staley at offensive tackle, Marshall Yon at guard, while defensively has Lamar Woodley and Charles Johnson on his edges, Paul Puzlesny and Lawrence Timmons at the line inside linebacker positions, and he has Darrell Revis and Eric Weddle at cornerback and safety. So usually we kind of switch these up looking, but you know, I, it's it's interesting. I usually go defense and. You go offense, but I've kind of tried to build out my offense. Now, yours is going to look a little better by the time it all ends with uh, with the running back that's uh, mm-hmm. available. But, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of talent on both teams. And I think uh, at the moment, I feel like we're pretty even because as, as much as offensive linemen don't get their rub, I have drafted uh, two All-Pros and two Pro Bowlers on my line.
1: No, oh, yeah, and even like like even if they're not huge names, like you said, they're they're still decorated, and you've done a very good job at leaving me the, the uh, kind of bottom of the market. Yeah, players. offensively,
0: <laughs> offense, offensively and defensively, I do not have. Okay, so defensively I've had players that have made a first or second team all pro all three of them have offensively I have one two three four players that have made first or second team all pro and two players that have made pro bowl so there's not one player I haven't picked yet that doesn't have an accolade unbelievable that's this is such a good
1: class and it's so funny how bad the quarterbacks are compared to the rest of it. it's it's laughable but all right I think I've decided who I want to go with my next pick I'm going to go with Reggie Nelson and I'm going to try to to round out my safeties now. Reggie Nelson was second team all-pro in 2015, a two-time pro-bowler, and once again an NFL interception leader. So now I have Eric Weddle and Reggie Nelson who both at one point in the league led the league in inter- led the league. I can't get Whoa. that out.
0: Well, good well, good job because I'm going to be throwing the ball a lot. Yeah, right. <laughs> But- you you build a team to stop Patrick Mahomes, and I got freaking I've got I got like I, I've got Dan Orlovsky somewhere <laughs> in here, like that, like it's just it it's like this it's like you you bought you 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 bought a you bought a Lamborghini to drive it in a school zone. <laughs>
1: Hey, that's fine. That's fine. Hey, we'll see how it looks at the end of the day. We'll see how it looks. But Reggie Nelson was a dog. Yet, it, what what's up with me taking these players that I hate, Angelo? I, last week we drafted like how many Bengals? Great Bengal, yeah. yeah. Reggie Nelson, yeah, but I mean, super underappreciated and underrated career. Uh, Eight hundred and thirty career tackles, six and a half sacks, a hundred pass deflections, thirty-eight interceptions, and ten forced fumbles. You know what? You make a little bit of a of a good point that. These guys are a little bit more ball hawks rather than come down in the box and lay you out, but we're just going to take it and ride with it, Angelo. I'm taking Reggie Nelson, and I'm going to put a smile on my face with it.
0: Okay, okay, okay. So right now I'm kind of deciding between a couple of spots. I think that the best course of action here is probably – I'm going to wait because I don't think that you can actually field this. I I don't think you can. Yeah, I I think you're kind of stuck at the linebacker position because the top two linebackers left are both inside Mm -hmm. linebackers. Isn't that right? That is correct. Okay, so you're stuck. That's amazing. So I'll take Doug Free, and I'll put him at offensive tackle, and I'll put Jermon Boucherard at guard. And I will end my turn, as they say in Yu Gi Oh. This was my offensive line is complete. I feel like I got five of the seven best linemen that were available. For those that are unfamiliar with Doug Free, uh, I know I know that there's one part, and that's my and that's my group of people, Cowboy Nation. We know about Doug Free. Doug Free started on the offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys 114 of the 124 games he played in and from 2010 till he retired in 2016 he started in every single game he played in now he wasn't he wasn't an all pro but he was i thought he probably should have made a pro bowl at some point in there but then who do you take out but still we're talking about the the end of that romo era with him, and then Dax rookie year with uh, with Ezekiel Elliott in 2016. He was their starting right tackle when they had one of the best offenses in all of football. So for Doug Free, I thought he was the last offensive lineman. Now, he's the first guy that I added to my team that doesn't have an accolade, but his accolade is what's on the helmet, and that's a big star. <laughs> and you know what else? Both of my offensive tackles were born and raised in the great state of Wisconsin. So let's go. I've got Joe Thomas at left, Doug Free at right, Ben Grubbs and Jermon Bushrod at guard and Ryan Cleal at center, Adrian Peterson and Greg Olsen at tight end. Oh, my goodness. I am going to be running for five yards. Adrian Peterson is going to break not only the single game rushing record, but maybe the single season rushing record in the game that we play against each other with these squads. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh, Angelo. You know, I thought I was in a hole. Oh, like the last pick, dude, you,
1: you really like to do me wrong on this one, huh? Well, all right. Well, I'm, I'm having fun. Hey, I bet you, I bet you are Angelo, but all right, I guess this gives me an opportunity to kind of sit and wait on offensive line at this point. So that
0: does, it does.
1: All right. Well, I think I'm going to try to round out my defensive line. Not a pick I was expecting to make right now, but I think this is the best player available at the position. If I didn't completely butch my uh butcher my board, but I'm gonna take Brandon Mabane, uh, defensive tackle. Got drafted by the Seattle Seahawks in 2007. Played with them till 2015, and then was with the Chargers from then until 2019 when he decided to hang his cleats up. But for a while, he was you know he was part of that Legion of Boom. And I think the name kind of just stayed pretty relevant because he was on that roster. Uh, he wasn't really one of the like more dominant defensive tackles. I would say he's one of the good defensive tackles in the NFL. Finished his career with 18 and a half sacks, 67 or 467 tackles. Was never really like a huge pass rusher at the position, but did a good job at plugging the hole and was was a long time starter. He, I mean. As as a defensive tackle, he's had a few seasons where uh, five and a half sacks and, like I said, not the most dominant pass rusher at the position, but five and a half sacks from defensive tackle. We're taking that all day, and I think he's, if I'm not mistaken, far and away the best defensive tackle on
0: the board. You were underselling one point of him. What's that? He started as a defensive lineman 176 out of 182 games he played in. That means there were, there, were, there were two different NFL teams in Seattle and the Chargers that looked at this guy and was like, he's going to start for our football team, and he did it 176 times. Like, after his rookie year, where he didn't start six of the 16 games, he started every single game of his NFL career from there forward. Jesus also, weirdly, in two thousand and eight, for not being much of a pass rusher, here's the rest of his career in quarterback hits: two six one four five six two five three two two three. In two thousand eight, he had eighteen quarterback Eighteen? <laughs> yeah. and the rest of them, he had never had more than six. That's unbelievable. That is so that's weird. That's a unique. That might be a typo. Maybe he had eight. Right? And they like just that's did just one wrong. heck of but an I don't anomaly. Know. So I do think that he was the probably the best defensive tackle. On the board now, I've got to kind of figure out where I need to go next. That was a good pick. I think that you, I think that you potentially could have put me in a hole there. Now it's just like okay. So now I have to figure out. You're building your defense. You've got two edge rushers to it, so it's three, four. So it's how you spread out the rest of that defense. I'll have to figure that out going forward. There are positions that I can wait on. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take a strategy pick here. I'm going to take a strategy pick, okay? There is one guy that I need because we're talking about football, Mm -hmm. right? We're talking about the game of football. That's what we're talking about on this podcast. When we're talking about the game of football, we have to talk about strategy. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. And there's nothing that's more strategic than when you have a run game. The only way to free up the box, to push back the safeties, is speed. I know exactly where you're at going. the wide receiver position, and that man—the man that was booed by the Miami Dolphins on draft day, (laughs) is Ted Ginn Jr. Now, statistically, no, you're right. He's not the best receiver available for anybody that's listening to this. Uh, His highest season, he never had more than 800 yards in a year. He did have a 10-touchdown year, that Super Bowl team with Carolina, with Cam Newton. So that gives me prospectus teaming back up with his guy, Greg Olson, having a dominant runner, not Cam, but an Adrian Peterson, but the thing about him is that he is such a special deep threat, and that's why he played in the league so long. He played 193 football games wow. in the NFL for a guy like that. Speed ages well when you're elite at mm-hmm. it, and Ted Ginn Jr. was about as elite as speed as as is as elite as speed gets. So I do understand he's not the best wide receiver available, but his deep threat ability is going to put pressure. on on your secondary. It's going to put pressure on the field and I need that pressure for Adrian Peterson. So chestnut checkers Ted Ginn Jr. No, I I actually I like the pick, dude. Um for you know, I'm always going
1: to do it, but my Madden players out there, you guys know about Ted Ginn. You guys know about him. He was unstoppable, but dude almost had 10,000 return yards, Angelo. Almost 10,000. So I, I agree with you. You need to be able to push my secondary back and get those defensive backs away from that line, and Ted Ginn's a guy that can do it for you. So I, I actually really like that pick for you, as much as I hate to admit it.
0: I oh, know. Isn't it
1: great? It, it, it is, Angelo. So you, you leave me <laughs> you said You said <laughs> yeah. that. All right. Yeah, it is, whatever. So just because I don't want you to put me in a hole and you know it's something that I like to do but because this quarterback situ- uh, situation's not very pretty I think there are two tight ends that you know if you wanted to run a two tight end set I could take one of these two guys and you'd still be happy but I'm gonna take mm-hmm. one of the most I, I, I've been saying this for a lot of my guys but Brent Selleck was criminally underrated I'm like we're we like reflect on tight ends of the past and stuff Brent Selleck's not really a name that's gonna pop up but he's like top three Eagles tight end ever. Like statistically, he's pretty much only behind Zach Ertz mm-hmm. in everything. I like he was a starter for for them every single year of his career. I mean, when Zach Ertz came in, it was kind of like the Eagles really like to run that two tight end set with both of them. But he stood uh, up going into its 2014 season, seven years on the Eagles. He was third in in team in team uh, records for. Every tight end category, third in seven years in every category. And he, he's also a very, very good blocker. Brent Selleck was primarily used as a blocker in an as an NFL career, and that's kind of why he was able to stay relevant on the Eagles for so long. And when they had that Zach Ertz, that really high level pass catching tight end, Brent Sellick was is able to stay so stay relevant to that team because he is such a dominant blocker in. Like we've said, this quarterback situation's a little ugly, so I'm going to get Brent Selleck, who was one heck of a blocker and a good receiver when you needed him to be.
0: Yeah, Brent Selleck. Uh, there, yeah. Zach Miller's the other tight end available, and I always thought that Brent or that Zach Miller was more heralded, and then I looked up Brent mm-hmm. Selleck and I was like, wow, I guess he really right. was underrated. But uh, for my next pick, I'm going to go somewhere. <laughs> Over the Dwayne Oh, goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going with Cleveland Brown legend. Oh, yeah. Dwayne Bowe. But no, Dwayne Bowe... Coming out of LSU, he was a first-round pick. He was a guy that a lot of people liked. Some people thought he was a step slow, but a lot of people liked him. He was a second-team all-pro player in 2010 and a pro bowler with only 1,100 yards but 15 receiving touchdowns. He never had more than seven. And other than that, he had a couple, he had three seasons with five, and that was the highs. But in 2010, I got 15 touchdowns out of Dwayne Bowe. And now, with the speed element of Ted Ginn pressuring, I actually have a guy that can be all reliable. So now, my receiving core, I've got Greg Olson pressuring the middle of the defense. I've got Ted Ginn pressuring the deep side, and Dwayne Bowe being underneath possession. Imagine as bad as the quarterback I'm going to have. With my offensive line, how great uh, my play action yeah. game is going to destroy you! Play action is going to like you're going to be up at nights, like like, the, like the panicking, shivers, cold chills <laughs> when it comes to what I'm going to be able to do with my offense now. So I am very happy with getting Dwayne. <laughs> I will
1: never say his name any other way now. But no, I <laughs> I think that's a great pick. I that was going to be my next selection, but now. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to look elsewhere. Uh, I, I have to finish out this offensive line, and boy, it's an understatement to say you put me in a little bit of a hole. So I, I if I don't mess up my board, I, I got a guard that isn't decorated, but 125 games played and 125 NFL starts, and that's Justin Blalick hmm. So once again, you know, he's not decorated, doesn't have any Pro Bowls. But in college, you know, he's a unanimous All-American Big 12 offensive line of the year and a three time first team All-Big 12, but never was a Pro Bowl in the NFL, never made a first team All or second team All-Pro, but 125 starts out of 125 games played. Just one of those guys that are consistent. I don't have much to say about this. Is absolutely the best offensive guard left because Angelo Angelo really gave me the middle finger when it came to taking offensive line today.
0: Yeah, took them all, and I'm <laughs> glad I did. I hope that you're hurt, and I hope it hurts forever. Oh, it does. It does. Don't um worry. I, I uh, see. It's interesting strategy wise. You took a position I can no longer take. Mm-hmm. So that that was interesting. So I'm going to do it back to you because I have no idea what type of weird evil things you're gonna try to pull and I'm not gonna wait to see so I'm going to give you a get out of jail free card, which is gonna leave one really good linebacker out of this out of this draft. Uh, but I'm gonna take John Beeson okay and the reason why I take John Beeson is because he has been underrated in this draft. He his first this is how his first four years went. second in defensive rookie of the year. First team All Pro, second team All Pro, Pro Bowl. That's how his first four years in the NFL went, and then injuries just absolutely destroyed his career. He he was able to play with the Giants back in 2013 for um, 11 starts. He played 15 games, but from 2011 till he retired, he played one four fifteen four five. And those were the games that he played in. So injuries effectively ruined what was going to be a fantastic career and another amazing linebacker out of the University of Miami in Beeson. But he, he is a guy that that start of his career, I have a four-year stretch of elite inside linebacker play. So no matter what you want to do with the running back that's going to come down the pipe, I've got two all-pro first-team linebackers in my in my backfield and i'm i'm more than happy to take them he- take john beeson here all right all right uh, i can hear your heartbeat you're scared <laughs> hey it, it, that's that's a rap like who shot you um i can hear sweat trickle at his uh, yeah that that who shot you separate the from the obsolete <laughs> like come on let's go let's go don't don't be don't be scared don't be scared all
1: right all right you know what okay I'm going to go with Corey Graham. I'm going to go with Corey Graham. I want to get another cornerback. Cornerback, Chicago Bears. Drafted by the Bears in 2011. Played with them up in two, two. Or excuse me, 2007. Played with them until 2011. And then went to Baltimore until 2013. And then after that, the Bills for two years. And then wrapped up his career with the Eagles for one. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion. Made that all-rookie team as well. And made a Pro Bowl in 2011. I think that there's really only one other cornerback that's even, like, rem- like really recognizable. I would even argue the other name is a lot more recognizable than Corey Graham, but 707 tackles from the cornerback position. I like to see a guy that can come up and, you know, make a tackle, especially if they're having to go up against your guys, and then the offensive line that you have, they cannot be scared to come down and, and make a little bit of a hit. So Corey Graham uh, is, I think, the only decorated cornerback left. There is one guy that I think is, you know, you would be content starting, but I'm going to take Corey Graham.
0: That's uh that he was on my board, on my cornerback board. So I, I can't blame you for taking him. So if he's on my board, he should be on yours too. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just trying to be. I'm just trying to get under your skin. But here's the thing: do you remember? Uh, do you remember a guy named Ladanian Tomlinson back at the Chargers mid two thousands? Do you remember how good he was because he had a guy that was nicknamed I think the Hammer. It could have been not, but you know what? Lorenzo Neal, mm-hmm. one of the greatest like fullbacks mm-hmm. of all time. Adrian Peterson played his entire Minnesota career in a single back set, and he was really successful. But could you imagine if he had <laughs> the <laughs> back? It'd <laughs> be disgusting. Could you? Could you? I'm about to imagine it now. I'm selecting LaRon McClain. <laughs> All right, LaRon McClain. You can laugh I, because no. I, I don't know if your youngin self remembers who LaRon McClain was. He was a fullback in Baltimore. In 2008, he actually it was funny. He, he got 232 carries for 902 yards and 10 touchdowns, including a, <laughs> a long of 82. But he was a first-team All-Pro fullback that year and made a Pro Bowl. And the year after, the rushing numbers went away. He only had 321 yards from scrimmage in 2009, but he was second-team All-Pro at fullback. So I'm getting a guy that is not a Hall of Fame fullback but was the best fullback of his generation and I'm going to. He was six foot, two hundred and sixty pounds. By the way, if you Jeez. want to know, he played at Alabama. Play, was from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Let's just say this guy was tough. Okay. So having him be able to pretty much, I'm going to see. Hopefully, he sees Paul plus Lesney or Lawrence Timmons and, and does everything short of decapitating him when he sees him <laughs> across. And Adrian Peterson's going to be springing free for run after run after run, as I like to say, let the nightmare begin. <laughs> You know what? OK? Lamar Woodley, I, I wanted a little bit more for choosing yeah. a fullback. I wanted to wait and really spring it I, on I, you. But come on, this I, is a generation where we can take fullbacks, man. Like, like, like back in the, like fullbacks are extinct. When I was young, we had fullbacks. I watched running backs have a lead blocker out of the backfield, and I'm just so happy to get that pair. But all right, if you're not going to do it with my amazing <laughs> offensive line, with the best tight end in the class, with the best fullback of his generation, along with the best running back of all time, I don't know what more I have to do for you to to, to appreciate it, but, may, but maybe it's more of like, uh, you know, maybe, I think maybe it's, it's more of appreciation. But It's more go ahead that I'm take, a little a little nervous about
1: stopping that, dude. Because, but all right. All right. Well, I mean, if you're, I got, I got to beef up my boys on the defensive side of the bowl. Well, okay. All right. So you know what? Lamar Woodley technically played outside linebacker in a three, four. Lamar Woodley is going to be my outside linebacker in my three, four, and I'm going to draft Brian Robinson as my, hold on, hold on, hold
0: on, hold on, hold hold on, on, hold on. Let's take it. Let's take a timeout for just a second because I thought you were going to try to pull something sneaky. Okay. What do we call? So, so Charles Johnson just all of a sudden's a three-four defensive end. Is that what you're saying? I'm, I'm wondering. I mean, I, I, I'm just, I'm just saying because I was waiting at the defensive end position because of yeah. that. But now that you're, I mean, he was two seventy. Not really. I mean, like I, I will. You know what? I, I guess I'll have to let it pass, but I'm not. I, I'm not sure if I'm happy about the the way that this went. But okay,
1: okay. My my apologies.
0: It's all right. I'll put him at D line. I'll put I'll put Charles Johnson down here somehow as a as a three four defensive end. But we'll see. Hey, how about this? It makes that side of the front a little lighter for me. So thanks. No, there, there you, you can go. take Brian Robinson to be your other outside <laughs> linebacker. Well, all right. All
1: right finished his career with 60 sacks other than making the 2010 or excuse me 2007 rookie team does not have a decorated career at all but is the i believe the sack leader left on the board with 60 sacks 19 pass deflections and 13
0: forced fumbles
1: you know really probably the best defensive player left if i'm
0: not mistaken um uh, i would say possibly i
1: think there are I a think, couple yeah. well david harris yeah. is
0: technically the best but neither of us can mm-hmm. take him and uh, Brian Robinson I had as an edge uh, as well as I had uh, – I had Charles Johnson as an edge, Lamar Woodley, uh, Brian Robinson. So kicking Charles Johnson in a 3-4 defensive end, it's just interesting because the next guy I am going to take kind of fits more of that 3-4 defensive end, and he is six-six, three hundred and fifty 350 pounds. So that's kind of where – maybe Charles Johnson, Josh Pascal, and I'll leave it at that. But I'm going to take Alan Branch. Okay. Alan Branch, I'm not sure. He's not listed as a nose. Even though he has that size, but honestly, I'm not sure if I want him at nose. I think if I if I've got Willis and Beeson at the middle linebackers, putting Branch as a three four end, which he played like he played Seattle's front, he played New England's front, so he does have experience in that. He he only started 86 games, but he played in 146 games in his career. Uh, he was. Uh, he he was never a big stat producer, but on that line he was asked to take up multiple blockers and free up things for the playmakers, and that's exactly what I want to do with my defense. I want to neutralize your offensive line and let guys like Patrick Willis and John Beeson fly in on your run game, and then... And then with the quarterback play being so abysmal, just kind of uh, kind of hope that the quarterback, uh, you know, roll the dice on mm-hmm. him. So Alan Branch being my three four end, I I am pretty excited to get him at that at this point of the draft. No, I, I I that's a fantastic
1: pick. And honestly, like like you said, being that size, you could kind of put him like anywhere you want. But at the same time, like he that is what he did. So I I like the pick. And we're kind of like reaching a point where we. I'm not in too many holes, so you know, A- A- Angelo. Is it time? Is it time? I don't. I don't know if it is quite yet, but you know what? You gonna do it? I think I'm gonna do it. I think I'm going to take the first quarterback off the board. Oh! And it's it's not gonna be no Brady Quinn. I'm not doing my brownies with like that. But the okay. I had to do some serious research to find out who had the best career out of any of these quarterbacks, Angelo. And it,
0: Let's see if we agree. Yeah, and it
1: took me a long time. I think we could have an altering opinion, but I think Kevin Cobb. Interesting. I mean, I, you can make
0: it. He was my number two. Okay,
1: okay, I think I know who your number one's going to be then. I think I know who it's going to be, but you guys, we are not exaggerating. Like at the beginning of the show, we said this is the worst quarterback class ever. I just took Kevin Cobb. Okay, for for my quarterback, that 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 puts it into perspective for you. But
0: a guy with a nine and twelve <laughs> record, fifty nine and a half completion percentage, and a twenty eight to twenty five touchdown interception. That ratio. was the seller.
1: He had a better touchdown to interception ratio. A lot of these guys didn't, and a lot of these guys, you know, mm-hmm. they
0: you missed you missed a guy. Oh, did I? That's what. It okay, is. okay. Yeah. Well, I'm excited
1: mm-hmm. to see who it was, but yeah, this is. I, I'm, you know what, Angela? I'm, I'm gonna Kevin Cobb. That's all I gotta say. Kevin Cobb's my quarterback. I'm excited to see. What we're, I'll, you know. I'll give you a
0: story. Kevin Cobb was a second round pick, I believe, out of Houston. I, I, I'll double check real quick. He was out of Houston. Yep. My God, my, my brain. I could have been a doctor and cured cancer, but instead, <laughs> no. I know where Kevin Cobb went to college 14 years ago. Golly, I am, I am pathetic. But anyways, uh, Kevin Cobb. There was a period. With with the Eagles and going to Arizona because this was where Aaron Rodgers it was before Aaron Rodgers became godgers
1: mm-hmm. that
0: I looked at that I looked at Kevin Cobb and I was like you know what he might be like Aaron Rodgers I, that was a thought that a Green Bay Packers fan had go through his head <laughs> so that's that's how good I thought Kevin there Cobb was go. but yeah you missed someone no. I think now Kevin Cobb's the most talented in the sense of actually produced at the nfl mm-hmm. level in some way but there there's a different guy so i'll get to him way later okay. um i am going to take paul solai and that's a name that may not and, and honestly i butchered the last name and i apologize to the solai family i'll say solai i don't i, I don't know i don't want to get in trouble, uh, but uh, he went to Utah. He is 6'4, 344 pounds. He started 87 of 138 career games, but between 2010 and 2015, he was a starter at right defensive end, left. Hit. So he was a 3'4 in, but he made a Pro Bowl in 2011 at nose tackle oh with zero sacks. Wow. Think about that. Wow. A Pro Bowler. In 2011, with zero sacks, that uh, is—I mean—that—that shows you how good you must be as a as a nose tackle in that year to do that. So, while I'm building this three-four defense up, I am building with size and strength at the line, and now I've got my two elite inside linebackers. I'm very happy with my front going forward. I I would be very happy going with your front forward as well,
1: Angelo. So, uh let's see, let's see. You know what? I might, I might have to take a page out of your book. I might have to do it. It's not the player that I was hoping that it was going to be with, but you know how you were saying like, if if we're if we're rocking with, uh, you know, Kevin Cobb at my quarterback, I have to bring some some your defense a little back, right? And the only guy left on the board that I think can do that was never really an accomplished wide receiver, but as a return man. Jacoby Jones,
0: mm. Jacoby yep. Jones, and, you
1: know, I that speed is it's it was there. He has, holds the record for the the longest uh, return in Super Bowl history for a kick, and it wasn't it was like 108 or 109 yards to the house in that Super Bowl yep. against the 49ers. Uh, but was never like a, a number one or even necessarily a number two receiver. He finished his career with 203 catches, just over 2,700 receiving yards, and only 14 touchdowns, but. 7628 return yards and 9 touchdowns as a returner. 9 touchdowns as a returner is not a small number by any means. So, Jacoby Jones isn't necessarily going to bring that like high level of receiver, but he's going to kind of bring the a similar skill set to
0: what Ted Ginn can do, but not quite to that level. And another one, we we have found a July 10th, a July 14th, and now a July 11th. Oh, there we go. Got a lot of July yes, babies sir. up in this draft. <laughs> Okay, so I have to now strategize. How can I keep you at bay with everything that you're doing? And to figure that out, I. This is going to be. It's going to be risky because I've really got to figure out a way. I think what I want to do here because I've pretty much got most of my stuff locked down. I'm going to complete, because if you can't take any more edges. I swear if you try to, <laughs> I'm going to find you. Uh, because, honestly, the Brian Robinson-Charles Johnson thing, I think, was a little sketchy because now, now with Johnson at, at the line, but I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, but there are two 3-4 defensive ends, guys that actually played 3-4 defensive end That I'm deciding between one had a longer career and was pretty good and the other one had a short career but was I I thought was really good when he when he played uh, but but his career ended shortly. I'll, I'll just you know what I'm just gonna shoot for it because I remember it was injuries that hurt him and not his. I'm taking Adam Carriker. Okay. Adam Carriker was the 13th pick from Nebraska, and he was a load of a defensive end. He pretty, mu- pretty much imagined what J.J. Watt, uh, what, what we thought J.J. Watt was going to be before he became J.J. Watt. That was what Adam Carriker was coming out. He was 6'6", 296, just this big, athletic, white guy that could play the 3-4 defensive end position and, play, and really be productive. He played, he started... In his first, I mean, he played. He started sixteen games, nine. Then he went to Washington and started sixteen and fifteen games. But then he got hurt in twenty twelve, only played in two, and retired. So it is kind of a, you know, how how what are we doing here? But when it comes to this defensive line, it thinned up, and I wanted to make sure that my front had had another guy that I was confident in. So I'm going to take Adam Character here. All right, all right,
1: I like the pick. And now I, it's kind of just like rounding our team outs and getting the last players available at the position and dude i think that offensive tackle if i'm not mistaken there's just a gaping hole of with talent there is just none left well there's one player oh god then i have, i have absolutely missed him
0: oh that's weird cuz he was a bronco
1: oh then i th- i mean i think we're talking about the- we might be talking about the same player then but i just like comparatively to who else we have
0: are you going to take him ah uh, I don't know what you're doing. You got to pick a pick. I'm sorry, yeah.
1: I, all right. I'm going to go Ryan Harris.
0: Yeah. That's who yeah. I was. That's, that, that's the only other tackle that I even had yeah, on my
1: board. No, same. He was the last guy available. But I mean, a, a lot of his career was kind of just coming in and replacing these injured guys. But at the same time, it was like. A guy that you kept on your roster for that situation because you know he could come and be the guy when you need him to. He started on that Broncos team that won the Super Bowl at tackle, and, uh, you know, other than winning that Super Bowl, not a decorated player by any means, but started 70 NFL games out of 114. Had two, or he had three separate stints with the Broncos, actually, and that third one was when he was able to finally be on that Super Bowl roster. But like like Angela and I said this was the last guy that we even had on our board and the last guy that I you know I'm I'm not too mad about Ryan Harris because I actually remember watching him when he was with Denver and he was solid as heck but he's he's no Joe Staley or Joe Thomas but I'll take it.
0: All right. So now looking at my team, I pretty much got my my offense solidified except for the quarterback position. I'm looking at this, I have to take another safety. I think that I am actually going to go Towards the cornerback position, okay. and there are two guys. There are two guys left that I feel now. I do have a larger board than those two guys. I'm just trying to see which one is best. I'm actually going to throw a curveball. Okay, there there is a cor- there is a corner that played for a long time. That that I thought was I, I actually thought I had ranked higher, but I'm going to go with the guy. Because I'll go ahead and say it, because you've already selected two corners, so I could just go ahead and reveal it. And and at the end of the show, we'll reveal some of our other runner-ups. William Gay, Mm -hmm. for the Pittsburgh Steelers, played in 176 games. That's a ton. And he started 101. So there is a case for him being the guy here. But I'm going to take a guy that I really liked coming out, that uh, was was a very popular player out of Arkansas, second-round pick. I'm going to take Chris Houston. Mm. Chris Houston, the, uh, he started every game except uh, five, five during his rookie year, uh, two during his third year, and then one during 2011. But get this, he led the league in defensive interception yards and defensive interception touchdowns in 2011. He had a 100-yard pick six, which was part of that. So now that I do the math, he had five interceptions that year. So he had five interceptions for 225 yards and two touchdowns, along with a 100-yard interception. (laughs) So you got pretty good at that. But here's the thing with Chris Houston. He was drafted. He started 11 out of 16 games his rookie year and finished his career with 99 games played and 91 starts. He retired at 29. He, st- he played at 23, was a starter his whole NFL career between Atlanta and Detroit, and at 29, called it quits. And that was it. And so I like the upside with Chris Houston to be able to kind of, as William Gay may have a better career, but I like Chris Houston having a little mm. higher level of talent to go against the guys that you have at your receiver position. No, I,
1: I 100% understand and respect that, uh, that strategy because William Gay, yeah, like you said, starting that many games, that's, you know, that's – you're a dog if you're doing that, but we're talking about guys that have, like, the top of the top talent at their prime and stuff, and I, I agree. If you want to stop my boy Calvin Johnson and company, you're going to have to have that secondary looking nice, but, you know, you, it's Kevin Kopp throwing the football, so uh, I don't think you have too much to be worried about. So, I'm going to finish out my offensive line. There was two players that I could have picked here, and it was really just a preference thing. I'm going to take Samson Sateli. Sorry if I uh, butchered that. Satelli, Okay, yep. sweet, um, but... Once again, not a decorated player. None of the centers left were decorated. Started 114 out of 118 games left. The only other guy left was uh, for the Cardinals, and he started like 120 games.
0: And that was uh, Lyle Sinline. Yes, sir. Yeah. And he was, it was funny. His early part of his career, people clowned him. Clowned him. I remember there was a time where he was like the, he was a punching guy. Yeah. <laughs> and. He ended up having a solid career? Yeah, so I think it was really between
1: those two guys and kind of a preference thing. I think Samson brings a little bit more size,
0: Uh, so I'm going to go with Samson. All right. I will go with Anthony Spencer here. Okay. Anthony Spencer doesn't have the career numbers that the other players that you drafted at the edge position has, but he arguably had the highest – no, I'd say Woodley probably had the highest sack peak. But when he came out of Purdue, he was really viewed as a speed rusher. His career just started so slow in Dallas, and everybody pretty much wrote him off. And then he made the Pro Bowl in 2012 with 11 sacks and really fulfilled that promise. But then he got hurt, and that was kind of the end of his career. He played in 104 games. He started 67, including from 09 to 2012, and with that Pro Bowl and his profile as being a speed rusher, I like the value here. No, 110%. I like the value. I mean,
1: we're... we're Cowboy Nation standard. <laughs> All right, Angelo. Well, I, I think it's about time that this man comes off the board. We've been waiting for too long, and it's kind of at the point where I don't think we're going to be grabbing this. We're not competing yeah, against each other anymore. anymore. So give me beast mode, Baby. Beast Mode, Marshawn Lynch, one of my favorite players in the history of football. I mean, if you don't like Marshawn Lynch, you you got to go to the doctor. There's something wrong with you. I mean, dude, this is a guy that, say, say you're in the Super Bowl and you're on the goal line. This is a guy that I'd be happy to hand the ball off to if the game's on the line and I only need one yard, right? You would... Oh, wait. Would, oh, oh, wait, wait. Sorry. Sorry, Seattle fans, but no, <laughs> but no, it his career in buffalo we saw that he was like could be special he was taking people's lives left and right there's a run against the broncos he had um, in his time with buffalo that i always reminisce over but and then he comes over to seattle and then explodes onto the scene and is the best power i mean obviously adrian peterson but pure power runner
0: he's the best let me i'm sorry let me push back just a little bit because when buffalo he had 1100 yards 1000 and four fifty. He was viewed when he went to Seattle. I remember being being like on the hoof at that time. That Seattle trade was just like hopefully he can revive something. Like he, he I, I get he did make a Pro Bowl in 08 He did have highlights. There were things there. But Marshawn kinda had like that that Marshawn edge to him and everything. And I, I think that his career really could have gone either way depending on where he mm. went. So I will say this. It was no guarantee that Marshawn, no matter where he went, was going to become that. I think he hit the perfect team with the perfect head coach in the perfect part of their era. Where he was like, oh, and Pete Carroll was like, Marshawn, be yourself. Everybody else here is. And when he was enabled to be Marshawn, you got the best out of him. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely.
1: And it's like – I it's crazy to think though, like back in 2014 was the last time that he was even over a thousand. I mean, yeah, obviously you're in the league for seven years. It's hard to be that consistent as a running back, but no, when during his time with Seattle, like you said, Pete Carroll is all about people being themselves and his personality really flourished. Like we kind of saw that college version of himself coming back out again. And, um, you know, he'll always be remembered for that beast quake run against the, against the saints in that wild card. And, like I said, one of my favorite players of all time. Get that boy some skittles,
0: and he's gonna run through eleven men on your defense. About that action, yes, boss. Sir. He's just here so he don't get fined. Yep. Just a, he's just a classic personality. But in in that time when he was traded to Seattle, his first, his four, the first four full seasons after he got traded, he made a Pro Bowl, first team All Pro, Pro Bowl, second team All Pro. That's big in that twenty twelve to have a first team All Pro. Mm-hmm. I mean that's I mean, that's special territory that you're embarking on. So he he was look, I the the smart thing to do for me would have been go Calvin Johnson at one, let you take Adrian Peterson and wait on Marshawn Lynch. That was were you going to take Adrian Peterson two or three? Oh
1: yeah, if if he was there, I was taking him.
0: Yeah, exactly, and I knew that was going to happen, and and you could have Calvin and. Marshawn or Adrian Peterson and I just think that the way I knew this quarterback class would go and the way I could build my offense to have Adrian Peterson it was it was a choice Marshawn Lynch plus Calvin Johnson is greater than Adrian Peterson I understand that but the way that we're trying to beat each other I do I did like having arguably the greatest runner to ever touch a football Mm -hmm. you know and I'm sure people are throwing up their hands Barry Sanders Walter Payton all that's good and well but if I'm te- if I'm playing one on eleven, or I want someone to bring the power and the speed, Adrian Peterson's out there. But Marshawn Lynch, I will put this on podcast. I'll put this on record. He will be in the Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, easy as that. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I don't well, disagree. That's fair with enough. You. So since you took, since we're no longer competing against each other, and if you try to steal something, I'm going to. I, I may. I may come to Colorado <laughs> for you. Hey, for, for I blood, might have to just so we
1: can have a have a nice time together. So. No. <laughs> right,
0: I I am going to take the quarterback. I think that you oversaw. Maybe maybe you did. Maybe you did see this guy and just didn't agree. I'm picking Matt Moore. Mm, okay, yep. As in you know he was there. No, or you I, I did missed not. Him. I totally missed him. Matt Moore. Yeah. Do you know why? Because he was undrafted. Uh, yep. That's that. will do it. Did you not take your undrafted Whoa, players? I did. I
1: see. I I was. The, yeah, oh, you but, just
0: overlooked yeah, them
1: because the center that I was talking about for the Cardinals was undrafted.
0: While Sinline yeah. was undrafted. Yep. Well, Matt Moore was also undrafted in the 2007 draft where he was able to go 16 and 16 in his career, 49 touchdowns, 36 interceptions, including along with, uh, see, I got a couple dolphins from that 2011 Mm -hmm. team, including my nose tackle, uh, uh, Soloi. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not very good at pronouncing his name, but in 2011 he went six and six as a starter with 16 touchdowns and nine interceptions for an 87.1 quarterback rating. So over a decent sample size, 13 games played and 12 games started, to have at least a guy that I can say in one year, and plus oh, in 2009 when he started five games for the Carolina Panthers, 98.5 quarterback rating, eight touchdowns, two interceptions. Hmm. So I've got a quarterback that at least when he did play, he was a net positive. No matter how small that positive was, he was a positive player. So I'm really excited to to be able to put him on this team and I just feel like he's a guy that I can trust at the position. So Matt Moore, welcome. You 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 have the you have the privilege to be the most expensive handoff man in all <laughs> of football. But but no, no, but in all seriousness, with some of his times, I mean, in Carolina with Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart, in Miami in 11, I don't know if Ronnie Brown was still around then, whoever they had toting the rock, but uh, he has some experience uh, handing <laughs> off the ball to some great running backs, but also some, you know, he 2,500 yards, 16 to to nothing to, to scoff at, so... I'm really happy to get him as my quarterback, and that completes my offense. No,
1: oh, Angelo, you you're 110 percent correct. I missed him, and uh, I I probably would have been happy starting Matt Moore. I'm not too upset co- about Cobb, but no, <laughs> I love the I love the he's dang good at handing the football off, dang good at it. So you're gonna be doing a lot of that, and I I like the pick a lot. I think I'm going to try to round out my offense as well here, Angelo. And I'm gonna get me another receiver. I'm gonna get Sidney Rice. This was a guy that I really wish panned out to be a little bigger than he, like, was. But there was that season in 2009 with Minnesota, 1,300 receiving yards, averaged almost 16 yards a catch, and had eight touchdowns. Other than that, never really was that dominant in the NFL. Actually, never uh, got—he had one other season over 500 yards in the NFL. But that 2009 season— was super dominant he he made the pro bowl at that year as well also actually made that that rookie team a lot of players that we drafted made this rookie team so kind of glad that we did but no he
0: um well they yeah they were part yeah. of the, we're only drafting rookies it, from that right. year so i hope we picked all, all the <laughs> right? all rookie guys
1: but no he, he only <laughs>
0: <laughs> not to be mean no, you, i'm sorry
1: yeah you finished in his six-year career he, only, he had just under uh Three thousand six hundred receiving yards, and other than that Pro Bowl, very undecorated, and honestly not super productive outside of that two thousand and nine season. But with the uh,
0: we had a good year with Seattle in 2012, 50 for seven forty eight mm-hmm. and seven. Yeah, but other, I mean, but but you're right, and the, and the thing about Sidney Rice too. And remember that was Brett Favre's mm-hmm. magical year with Minnesota, which is always Benedict Arnold forever and always for me. <laughs> but. That year, the thing about Sidney Rice, he was a second-round pick, but a lot of people thought Sidney Rice had first-round talent. Mm -hmm. Think of, like, George Pickens. Mm Mm-hmm. In that style. That's the way that Sidney Rice was kind of viewed. So when he popped off in 09, that was not unexpected. But then the injuries just right after that. He got a contract and it was just kind of over. Uh, except for that 2012 in Seattle, which I think should be noted. I mean, being a solid receiver in the NFL, that's it's a job. And it's a good job. So it's nothing to scoff at. But Sidney Rice is certainly talented. Certainly talented. And I think that's a good pick here. And we'll get to the rest of the – I am I feel bad because uh, there's, a re, there's a receiver that actually outproduced every single receiver we picked except for Calvin Johnson, and he didn't get picked. Wow. Oh, yep, yep. And we'll get to him at the <laughs> end of the show. Actually, I'll go ahead since we're on receivers. James Jones, mm-hmm. man. James Jones not being picked. That's, a, that's sad. Um, it, just because he was so good for so long, especially in Green Bay. O- honestly, that's someone that I should have uh, – considered taking but I was trying to go strategically but uh James Jones in his career uh just just was a really really good receiver for I think that last year of Favre and then going into to I mean he had 14 touchdowns one year Jeez. God, we both yeah, really whiffed on that, that one. one, I think. Yeah, I think we whiffed on that one. I think both of us did. Mm-hmm. I really liked him, too. I can't even take him. I have 11 offensive players. But what I can take, because I was careful, I could take William Gay. Okay. Now. And we talked about him before, but you have a three-wide receiver set. William Gay was a great slot corner, and he could play some outside too. Maybe he wasn't a slot corner. I think I just talked out of my you-know-what on that one. <laughs> so, uh, But I do have three corners now with uh, over 90-game starting experience with all three of them so i don't feel like that at least professionally that i'm too far behind played in 176 games started in 101 he was uh, just a essentially except for one year in arizona uh, where he went to the dark side from that super bowl uh, he he was a pittsburgh steeler his entire mm. career and i know that he had multiple seasons with multiple pass deflections not much of an interception guy played 11 years 13 picks but was very started a very employable starter for a long time no oh, i i the one thing i'll always remember him
1: for is my boy dt giving him the meanest stiff arm that the world has seen the first play of overtime 80 yards to the house in that wild card game that was the play that really made me fall in love with football and i will always remember william gay for that so thank you my friend all right
0: you're you're all right up. so
1: this is a pick that i think you might i don't know how much you're gonna like it and i didn't expect me to get here but yeah, that's your last pick is, too. it is I'm gonna run with a nickel defense. And I know how crazy that sounds because of your offense and how much you're gonna run the ball. I'm running with Michael Griffin as my nickel defender. I'm happy with that. This is a guy that has experience at cornerback and strong safety. And he made the he's a two-time Pro Bowler, second team all pro in 2010. But
0: Oh, no. Yeah. I
1: So I – I
0: needed a safety. I, I literally didn't have Michael Griffin on my board. I just compl- – not because he's not good. I just missed oh, him. Oh, yeah.
1: No, I mean –
0: And he was a first-rounder, and I yeah. missed it. Oh, that is a, that is a critical error. No, I,
1: it, dude, I, we can always go back to my Jason Kelsey to make yourself feel better about your mistakes. So <laughs> – but, no, I – this guy had, a, like, constantly over, like, around the 100 tackle range – always forcing like at least two fumbles. I mean, he's a bruiser at the safety position and he also has coverage skills. And you have Ted Ginn, Dwayne Bowe, like you have speed as well as guys that can work underneath and stuff. And I want a guy that's going to hit them as well as be able to cover them. So a guy that has, it's not very, I feel like if we see a guy that has corner and safety experience, it's corner and free safety experience, not necessarily strong safety. So a guy that has that strong
0: safety experience, well, he was listed as a free safety throughout the entire Pro Football pay- Reference page. Oh, he, I he uh he was starting at strong safety for for the Titans.
1: Huh. Yeah. I'm very very happy start putting him at
0: 7 interceptions in 08. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, like, no, I just missed him. It it, it was a critical error. Uh, played in 154 games, started in 139. I am definitely we all we all make mistakes, but I guess anybody listening is probably beating their head against their steering wheel or wherever they're listening. I, I, I'm, dude, I'm sorry. Not 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 to you, Brendan, but but I am sorry for that. If you've been, if you have been uh, pretty frustrated at me, and I understand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you've put me. You put me in an interesting situation because Adam Carricker is now just my left end. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like I, because I was forced to play a nickel uh, as well, I just have Willis and Beeson just as my linebackers. And then Carricker is my left end, Spencer is my right end, and then Branch is like my three tech, and Sulai is my nose tackle. So you did kind of manipulate my defense because of what you decided to do. So that is interesting how that played out. And we'll see how that plays out for the long term. But no, Michael Griffin, I'm gonna take a guy that was the highest picked safety, and this is my last pick, last pick of the draft. My, the highest picked safety of this class. And for the youngins, before there was before there was Jamal Adams, there was LaRon Landry. Mm. LaRon Landry was viewed as the future of the safety position, and this was shortly after they picked uh, Sean Taylor, Sean Taylor in 04, and then uh, LaRon Landry. They thought that they were going to to pair the two together, and they did for one year in 2007, and have what many people thought was going to be the greatest safety tandem in history between the two. Now, LaRon Landry had some problems with, like, PEDs. He was a very temperamental you know person but he ended up kind of salvaging his career making a pro bowl in 2012 with the jets he started 97 of the 103 games that he ever played in he was a really good pro like he was a very good productive professional player just not exactly what people would have thought at at the sixth pick but to have him as my strong safety and he has experience at free and strong safety i am very happy with that selection so that wraps it up no i i like oh sorry sorry angelo no, go ahead. No, I was gonna either. say
1: I like that pick because not only does he bring that that kind of versatility from strong and free safety, he brings that intimidation aspect. For those that don't know what mm-hmm. Le'Ron Landry looks like, go Google a picture of L- Le'Ron Landry and and tell me how much I would have to pay you to line up against this guy because the. That's why the steroids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That- That's why the steroid <laughs> thing
0: actually came out. So let me, let me, before we, before we announce our teams and pick our winners, I want to go ahead and talk about some of the best undrafted free agents um, uh, or undrafted players in our redraft. Uh, Drew Stanton was the only quarterback with any viable starting experience. Um, It's so funny because the three busts in this draft were Jamarcus Russell, the number one overall pick, Brady Quinn, the the heralded, I mean, I I think that year I had him mocked the day before the draft to go number two to the Lions. Like that's how highly Brady Quinn was thought of. They thought he, I mean, the pretty boy quarterback from Notre Dame, he was everything when I was younger. And then Troy Smith, a Heisman Trophy winner, the year before when he had those that classic game against Michigan uh, with number one Ohio State, number two Michigan, or 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 flip them. I think it was Ohio State was one, but Michigan I think might have been one, and Ohio State was two that year but they had a classic game so that's just amazing that the three quarterbacks that were the best available options for us as a pro were not the number one pick the wonder kid notre dame kid and the heisman trophy winner it's 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 just it's just crazy and we
1: didn't even bat a second eye at them probably like
0: <laughs> no troy smith was the only one but i couldn't um, running back pierre thomas really good for new orleans for a long time uh he was he was in this draft class uh, michael bush was a is like a kentucky football kind of kind of legend like in especially in louisville uh in louisville he was uh he i think he went to he either went to to i want to say either male male trinity and saint x it's one of those three uh bush was a quarterback there brian braum was his greatest rival and then they went on to louisville to play together it was a big kentucky thing i wanted to get that in there but he was a good pro with the raiders for a couple of years uh, Ahmaud Bradshaw mm. at running back. Giants great. Uh, the only other fullback really available was Atlanta Falcons fullback Jason Snelling. Uh, James Jones not being picked as a crime that we should both Agreed. be arrested for. Steve Breston. And one guy that, that just completely bombed in the NFL that I was sure was going to be a legend was Dwayne Jarrett. Mm if you don't remember him, he played at USC with like Matt liner and Reggie Bush. And then after, after they left, he was just a star. I remember college game day would do these features and they did a feature with Dwayne Jarrett on the art of catching balls. One handed. It was just so cool uh, to, to see Dwayne Jarrett in college and he got drafted by the Panthers and then never, never made it. And it was just sucked to see, cause I liked mm-hmm. him so much. Uh, Zach Miller tied in. We talked about, I have no offensive tackles listed left. Um, a guy that probably should have been should have been drafted but wasn't was Uchi Noan Noaneri. Uh, he was from the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was actually a really good starter for a long time at guard. We talked about Sinline. Uh the, the reason why it made me so frustrated with you is that Ray McDonald was a three four defensive end mm-hmm. on those great San Francisco 49ers teams. And I haven't, you know, Charles yeah. Johnson's not a three four end. He's just mm-hmm. not. He was an edge rusher. So for you to do that, I was I was really frustrated because you were going to get Ray McDonald. I was going to get Robinson and, and uh, Spencer, and it was going to work out. And then you threw that wrench in there. So, so I won't forgive you <laughs> that. Uh, David Harris was just a tackling machine with the New York Jets. He was a, I think, a Pro Bowler, maybe second team All Pro one year, but I know he was just a one year Pro Bowler. But he was just one of those linebackers that was just ho hum good for a really long time. Uh, uh, There's a guy that I saw in a preseason game for the Packers that I just, uh, I always. I always loved him as a fan favorite, even though he wasn't much outside of it. But Desmond Bishop at linebacker, he made the special teams play in a preseason, and I n- named him the Hitman. So it was Desmond the Hitman Bishop, as, a, as I always called him. And he ended up being good for the Packers. I think he ended up going uh, somewhere else, maybe the Vikings, I think, uh, to, to on a second contract, but his career kind of fizzled out. But I always remember him for that. Packer for life for me, unlike Favre, uh, Justin <laughs> Durant. For the Jaguars, uh, uh, was a good linebacker. Cornerbacks, uh, Eric Wright, Josh Wilson, Aaron Ross, Terrell Brown were all in the conversation to be picked. And then a guy that's kind of gone by the career wayside because he kind of ruined his own career with, I think, substance stuff. But Tanar Jackson was a safety out of Syracuse, and he was talented. He dropped in the draft because of the same things. Uh, another July baby, by the way, July 21st. <laughs> nice. we got tons of Let's July go. In here. But the cool thing about him, now here's the thing. Yep, 2012 violation of substance mm. abuse never came back. But prior to that, he started all 56 games of his wow. career and had five interceptions his third year in Tampa. He was really yeah. talented. He was a really really talented football player, probably the Josh Gordon of safeties mm. in a lot of ways. Uh, so that is that's it for all of the uh, players uh, that we have left on the board. Are you is, are you ready for the team? I'm ready. To, I'm ready to rock and roll. Team Angelo, a quarterback, Matt Moore, running back, Adrian Peterson, fullback, LaRon McLean, wide receivers, Ted Ginn Jr. and Dwayne Bowe. Dwayne Bowe. <laughs> Tight end, Greg Olson. Left tackle, Joe Thomas. Right tackle, Doug Free. Left guard, Ben Grubbs. Right guard, Jermon Bushrod. Actually, switch him. Jermon Bushrod, Bushrod at left guard. Ben Grubbs at right guard. Ryan Khalil at center. On defense, my edges, Anthony Spencer and Adam Carricker. My defensive line, uh, my defensive tackle, Alan Branch, nose tackle, Paul uh, uh, Solowai. I'm running a nickel defense because I was forced into it. My two inside linebackers, though, Patrick Willis and John Beeson, uh, two first-team All-Pro linebackers. One should be in the Hall of Fame. Cornerbacks, Leon Hall, Chris Houston, and William Gay. And my safeties are Deshaun Goldson and LaRon Landry. All righty. And my, my roster is quarterback, the
1: great Kevin Cobb, running back, Marshawn Lynch, wide receivers, Megatron, Calvin Johnson, Sidney Rice and Jacoby Jones, tight end Brent Selleck, offensive tackles. I got Joe Staley and Ryan Harris at guards. I have Marshall Yanda and Bullock. I'm going to be putting Yanda at right guard and Bullock at left. At center, I have Samson Satelli at edges. I ha- yep. yeah. And then at my edge, I have uh, Charles Johnson and Brian Robinson Defensive tackle, Brandon Mabane, linebackers, Lamar Woodley, Lawrence Timmons, and Paul Puzlesny. I'm going to be running a nickel, so I'll throw uh, my boy Michael Griffin in there because he's going to be playing down in the box. But he's And then my cornerbacks, I have Darrell Revis, Corey Graham. At safety, I have Eric Weddle, Reggie Nelson, and like I said, Michael Griffin running that nickel.
0: So let's vote who won. Hmm. I'll be honest with you. I, I feel, for some reason, as 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 much as I know that you've had certain edges in this, I feel really good about. Yeah, team.
1: I just I feel like the way you've built your offensive line with how unbelievably decorated your line is, on top of having Adrian Peterson, who I won't argue with you as being the best to do it. I, I don't think my defense is going to stop that. I really don't. And then on top of that, I mean, yes, I got Marshall Yonda. I got I got Joe Staley. But across the board, it just doesn't match up to your offensive line. And even defensively, I would say we're about the same level. Yes, I have Calvin Johnson, but, you know, let's take into account I have Kevin Cobb throwing the dang football. So, Angelo, I think with the way you've built this offense and this offensive line, not to forget to mention Greg Olson, who's a phenomenal blocker on top of a guy that can help underneath, I might have to give you the edge. I might have to do it. And I, you know what was the seller? Joe frickin' Thomas. (laughs)
0: you at least at least Joe Thomas can experience a win (laughs) once in his life after playing his career with the with the Browns no I also vote for my team I think honestly Matt Moore was solid good play action quarterback really Ted Ginn I think was a really strategic piece because you always like you have to have someone over top. If you don't do it once, it's mm-hmm. just a layup touchdown, and I always have that factor. So the play action game is going to be there. Dwayne Bowe's a great possession receiver. Greg Olson is an all uh, all pro level. Tied in, and just that offensive line. I mean, Joe Thomas, arguably the greatest blocker uh, or a g- greatest offensive tackle uh, ever. I mean, pretty much. I mean, All Pro Ryan Cleary, All Pro Pro Bowler Ben Grubbs, Pro, pro Bowler Jamon Bushrod, and then Doug Free started a hundred plus games for the Dallas Are Cowboys. I mean, it really was a strategic and and military effort to get that line strong for Adrian Peterson, and then you know Laron McLean, an All Pro fullback. I really did put a lot of it's so funny because all these drafts you've done such a good job at creating these like nice high flying offenses and I've always been like I'll oh, build defense I'll oh, build defense but the second I was able to build a power run it game was over <laughs> I was like let me invest all of my picks into offense baby we are going to pound the ball like it, it's just it's just funny how I was about that but no I'm proud I, I think that Obviously, my weak link is the second. Not not weak. I don't think my secondary is weak. I just do think that Calvin Johnson is so mm-hmm. good that that could be scary. But I can bracket him. I can do some stuff. But but with Willis and Beeson flying around with Lynch, I just you know, and it, you don't have it you don't have like any anything to feel bad about. I thought you did a really good job. I mean, Eric Weddle and Darrell Revis. That's a that's a really phenomenal secondary. It's just. I think this draft, you really needed to have a strong mm-hmm. defensive front for what I was building, and it was just not a very strong defensive line. No, I agree. I think that just
1: coming in, you started the draft off and put yourself in the position by taking Adrian Peterson early. You knew what the heck you wanted to do and beef up that line, and you knew that the offensive line had the advantage, and you t- you ran with that. So uh, you definitely had the, the strategy going into this one.
0: Yeah, and it's and it's just sad because if this was a passing team, Revis and Weddle would have been crazy. But honestly, I would just try to get Revis on again, just send him deep, and then we can play ten on ten or nine on yep. ten. You know, in <laughs> my, my and my in my in my nine on ten has Adrian Peterson, and I'm happy with that. So it's just, I think it was I think it was a good draft. I, I do think that there are some people that absolutely is going, are going to pick you to win, and I don't blame them for picking you to win. You got great players. I do just think that the way I built my team. It was very concerted, and I'm just going to run. Yeah. I am just going to run and run. And when and when I play, think about this. As good as this line is with Adrian Peterson, imagine when the play know, action I'm hits. Just, how bad like, that's going to hurt.
1: Nobody's going to respect the pass, so 110 percent all day. That play action is going to be money. Like like if had I had gotten a you know even a subpar quarterback, I would I could make a stronger argument for myself. No. Yeah. If you got Baker. <laughs> no, literally. I. But no, I I am. That was a shot at you. I'm I know sorry. it's it's. I'm just trying to let it not show through. But <laughs>
0: but, but Angelo. But I'm glad I'm glad to tie it up because I really thought that after I picked Peterson, I had marked myself down for an L. But I really after I I, I don't know. I w- I went really hard on strategy after. So I appreciate you seeing it as well. Patrick Willis for Hall of Fame. I swear to God. I swear to God, if he's not in before Luke Keekley, I'm going to file a suit against the NFL. That's not a, that's not a threat. I'm I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. Uh, please, NFL. I I don't have the money to go <laughs> after you. But but seriously, Patrick Willis should be in the Hall of Fame. It's a, it's a real shame. I think he should have been the first Hall of Famer out of this class. Like I, I love Calvin. He's the he he's arguably the best player out of this class. But Patrick Willis was was eligible two years prior, mm-hmm. it, or or at least a year prior. I just think it's sad. Uh, but we are tied two two. With one week left, guys. We only have one redraft left. And uh, I think we might, we're we're going to surprise you with which redraft it is. Coming up. Does that sound good, Brendan? That sounds good with me, brother. Cool. Closes out, brother. All
1: righty, my friend. Well, next week, or later on this week, we got centers for you. We're going to be going over our top centers coming into this next draft. But, Angelo, I'm excited for that tiebreaker and our surprise.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's build it up. Brendan, we are going to start our 2023 NFL draft scouting, bro. We're starting it. Starting this this coming next week. We are going to be doing a position group a week between one of us, one of us or both of us up until the first week of the college football games. So, being a part of NFL Draft Blitzcast from here on out, you're going to get introduced to every top prospect in this draft and you're going to get our uh, our our first scouting notes on each player those will change over the year of course but our first preliminary scouting notes on these guys and i'm so excited to work side by side with you brendan and presenting this and getting ev- to get you ready for the 2023
1: NFL Draft. Oh, I'm so excited, Angelo. And we're, we're getting started early. This is the time we need to be getting started every year around. So it's it's going to be efficient. It's going to be money. And like I said, we got centers coming up this later on in this week. So I'm really excited to get to those boys in the trenches. I'm also really excited to get that final tiebreaker between us, Angelo. Did a fantastic job with your strategy, strategy today. And I'm excited to talk to you later on in the week, brother. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's always a pleasure.
0: Always a pleasure.
1: All right. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Blitzcast. And we'll be right back with you later on in the week.